right, let's get after it. In this episode, we're going to be talking about things that have changed my life, specifically an experience, a book, these two mottos, and then a song. To the start, as I said in my last podcast, I recently went on a trip to Antarctica and it was one of those experiences that definitely changes your life most pivotal experiences of my entire life, largely because I'm extremely interested in learning and extremely interested in the environment. And so combining those two things was the pinnacle of my life experience. I have always been super drawn to sustainability and have been drawn to how humans impact the earth. And because Antarctica is so pure in the sense that nobody lives there. Okay, people live there, obviously, like researchers, but no one is a permanent resident of Antarctica. Therefore, there is not much human impact made on the continent. And so when you visit there, it's honestly a surreal experience because we've all seen snow, but I've never seen pure white snow like I've seen in Antarctica. And I say that being that I've been to Alaska, which is pretty renowned for having snow. There's debris and rock decay and also pollution that gets caught up in the snow. It just looks a little grimy. But in Antarctica, it's so pure because the rock layer is so far below sheet ice that no rocks can escape and get into the snow and cause for it to look any other color other than white. And then on top of that, all of the ice compacts so much that it turns into this bluish color because all of the hydrogen and oxygen molecules get so compressed together that that's just what they turn into, a blue color. That's just part of the experience of being there and getting to see that and seeing how little we have impacted that continent, being that nobody actually has claim to that area. And we've all just kind of agreed to leave that as a place for science, which to me is kind of bonkers considering the fact that the landmass is so huge and nobody is trying to fight and claim ownership of it. Everyone acknowledges that this is a place for peace and this is a place for research. So there's some beauty in that as well and adds to the lure of Antarctica. Another one of the really interesting things to see was the impact that we did begin making on the continent. So for instance, something that researchers were discovering is that when they were looking at penguins that have died, they were inspecting their stomach contents and were finding microplastics. Okay, so how are we having microplastics in the water in Antarctica when there's nobody living there? There's nobody polluting that area. You are very cognizant about what's going in the water, what you're even doing on land. And so they were doing research and found that Because the way the currents work, the garbage patch that exists in the middle of, I think, a great Pacific garbage patch, and it's off the coast of the Pacific Ocean between Hawaii and San Francisco, and it's more than twice the size of Texas. And that's largely where a lot of this microplastic debris is coming from and how the penguins are ingesting it. And so it was really, although gut-wrenching to hear, fascinating to hear how we do impact an ecosystem that's so far away and so far removed from our own ecosystem that we're trying so hard to protect. Having your eyes opened to that is a very humbling feeling because 
you realize that you're impacting more than just yourself and other humans. You're impacting an entire environment that is simply animals and is simply organisms looking to live and survive and have been living and surviving in a certain capacity. And our way of living is now impacting them. That goes additionally into climate change and how penguins are adapting to the rising temperatures and things of that nature. But that was just really interesting to me. Although it's extremely sad and upsetting to see that we're having that terrible impact on them. It's something that I realized that I was actually very passionate about that I kind of forgot I was extremely passionate about. Not forgot, but it was one of those things that kind of lays dormant in you and you kind of have to like reawaken it. I don't know. That's kind of just what it felt like, but was reawoken in me that in addition to my passion for learning, because while I was on this trip, it was an expedition trip. And so there was a lot of research that was conducted while we were on the ship and our tour guides weren't just your average tour guide that majored in hospitality in college or university or wherever they went. They're people that have life skills and science backgrounds that are extremely fascinating people. And they come from fascinating cultures that are doing interesting things. Like one of the guys that I met lives in Norway and just hearing about what they do and how they deal with sustainability efforts was so fascinating. And just talking to him about what he's seen in his day-to-day life in Norway versus Antarctica and what it's like in the United States, just hearing his thoughts on that and his insight on that, because Something I also realized was that you kind of become susceptible to when you're in the United States, only hearing about what's going on in the United States. You don't hear much other news outside of the country. And so you kind of fall into this ignorant umbrella of the United States is the only one doing anything for anything. At least I do personally. And I'm generalizing that to everybody else because that's how I feel. And I like to generalize things to make myself feel better. Anyways, and so just learning about other cultures was super interesting in how they deal with climate change and sustainability. And then additionally, you're learning so much because they are they have a lot of cool life experiences and science backgrounds. So you're actually learning things. Like I learned a ton about tectonic plates. The last time I learned about that was in my seventh grade class. It was about how the tectonic plates move and that's why earthquakes happen. And that was about my extent of tectonic plates. But it really reignited my passion for learning and made me realize that I want to make sure that I'm a lifelong learner. I don't want to stop learning. I don't want to just be content with where I'm at and only focus on learning inside of my workplace. That was something that I kind of realized on that trip and had an awakening, if you will. I could go on and talk about Antarctica for hours and days on end, but I will refrain from doing that. It really was a highlight of my life. And if you have the opportunity to go, I highly recommend going. It was just absolutely surreal for a little bit more background and to talk about it a little further. So how we got to Antarctica was I flew from Boston and then from Boston to Buenos Aires. And then while we were in Buenos Aires, the quarterfinal was going on for the World Cup. So Argentina was playing and we got to experience their semifinal win in Argentina. And it was extremely surreal being in Argentina while that was happening. Everything that could make noise was making noise and all the Argentinians were freaking out and absolutely raving. And it was 
extremely exciting to see. Even though I'm not a soccer fan, I just love the energy. After that, we flew down to Ushuaia, which is the lowest city in the world. Pretty much a hiking and skiing destination if you're not planning on going to Antarctica. So we got on the ship and we were at sea for two days, went through the Drake Passage. It was pretty tame on the way down. And then we arrived in Antarctica. And while we were there, we got to do a lot of hiking, kayaking. We took those little Zodiac boats, which if you don't know what that is, it's those rubber military looking boats that are super sturdy rubber plastic material. And you kind of buzz around on those and motor around to the continent and onto the islands and looking around at wildlife. Additionally, you can go kayaking. You can take a special opportunity boat to go and look at some more of the glacier graveyards, more of the wildlife, and they go super fast. And then you can also go submarining and hiking. It was just an extremely amazing experience. And again, I highly recommend it if you're able to go to make the trip out there because it was honestly an experience that changed my life. And going more off that topic, Another thing that changed my life was the book Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Shocker, I'm talking about Matthew McConaughey. Kind of surprising that I waited so long to even bring him up. But I am in love with Matthew McConaughey and that's not why I love the book. Okay, maybe it causes for some bias there. Um, But yeah, so he wrote Green Lights, which if you didn't know, he yes, he wrote a book because he is all of that. And he's so amazing and perfect and wonderful. And I am, if I didn't love and respect him so much, I would hate his wife, but I love and respect their family. And so I love their wife and I wish that I was her instead of wishing that I could be with him. But anyways, I digress. The book is amazing because for me personally, because I've been journaling since I, before I could even write. And I know that that's a weird thing to say, I've been journaling since before I could write because you need to be able to write to journal. But if you go and look at my old journals, it's basically just transcripts that my Nana has written what I have told her to write and I would draw a picture with it. And so that was my extent of journaling before I was able to write and form sentences and things like that. And so I've been journaling for a long time. And so has Matthew McConaughey. And he kind of tells out his life story via his journal and his emotions and reflections over his life. Having an author write like that was the first time I've ever seen someone do that. And he referred to it as storytelling as opposed to writing. That resonated so deeply with me that I realized I wanted to be a storyteller more than anything else. That's what actually led me to start my podcast was because I wanted to be a storyteller. And so kind of crazy how one thing escalates to another, but... I read his book and the premise of it is, not to give any spoiler alerts, but again, he goes through the journals of his life, tells you all the pretty much highs and lows and where he experienced green lights, which a green light, let me define it for you. Okay, so this is just from the inside sleeve of the book, but... Here is an excerpt of the inside sleeve cover. I've been in this life for 50 years, been trying to work out its riddle for 42, and been keeping diaries of clues to that riddle for the last 35. Notes about successes and failure, joys and sorrows, things that made me marvel and things that made me laugh out loud. How to be fair, how to have less stress, how to have fun, how to hurt people less, how to get hurt less, how to be a good man. 
how to have meaning in life, how to be more. And then he continues on with more information about all of that. And then at the end of it, he says, hopefully it's medicine that tastes good. A couple of aspirin instead of the infirmary, a spaceship to Mars without needing your pilot's license, going to church without having to be born again and laughing through the tears. It's a love letter to life. It's also a guide to catching more green lights into realizing that yellows and reds eventually turn green and by design and on purpose. Good luck. Okay, that wasn't necessarily the excerpt I was looking for, but basically what he defines green lights as. Okay, let me take a step back. For me and for a lot of other people who journal, it's very easy to sit down when you're feeling negative emotions and negative thoughts and sit down and journal that. And so when you go back and reflect on that journal over however much time you've been journaling and you look at all of these upsetting and depressing journal entries, it just makes it seem like your life is so sad and upsetting and you don't take any moments to stop and appreciate all of the green lights that you're having. And green lights can be anything, a promotion at work. You just got asked out on a first date. You got proposed to. You sold your first piece of art. You Your podcast hit 10,000 listeners. It could be whatever your it could be whatever aspiration you're looking to work for and you don't take the time to appreciate that green light or even acknowledge that that was something that's that's going to help you move forward with your next goal, your next aspiration. That reframed my structure on not only how to look at life but how to reflect on things and allow for me to appreciate good moments and acknowledge them as positive impacts going forward. And so for me, my biggest green light recently is getting a new job and working at a company that I love and that I not only love the company, I love my job. I love my boss. I love the people I work for. I love the entirety of it. And I, it's such a green light to be here because I feel good and I feel like I'm able to be the best version of myself. And so I'm able to keep progressing. Like I'm, I'm not held up. My last job prior to this one was a red light. I was absolutely gassed. I was writing all the time about how my negative emotions were affecting me. I wasn't feeling good. I wasn't treating myself well. And it impacted me heavily. Then I took it upon myself to get out of that red light and acknowledge, hey, this is a red light. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm assessing it. And there's green or there's yellow lights in between that realizing that hey we're slowing down you're just coming from a green light and not every light after that is going to be green and so assessing life in that capacity and trying to catch green lights instead of stopping at every red light was something that i really it really sat with me and i really really liked it the way that Matthew McConaughey talks in that book. And I say talks because it doesn't seem like something you're reading or seems like something that he's writing down. It seems like an honest conversation that someone is having with you as opposed to something that you're just reading. I highly, highly recommend the book. I also recommend the audiobook. I listened to a little bit of the audiobook just because Matthew McConaughey's voice is so amazing. It's truly one of the only books that's truly, truly impacted my life outside of the Hunger Games, only because I was extremely obsessed with the Love Triangle books, Twilight included. I was just more of a Hunger Games girl because I like, I don't know, I just liked that it kind of seemed like it could be real, like the hierarchy system, whatever. Anyways, I digress. But it's the only book that's really impacted me in a way that my life is completely changed by it. And so that's the only book that has impacted 
my life significantly. And I cannot recommend it enough for other people to read. And it really allowed me to find peace in knowing that I love creating things and I love doing things for myself. And sometimes that's all you need. Matthew McConaughey, like, I don't need validation from Matthew McConaughey, but to get validation from Matthew McConaughey through this book, not necessarily directly, was huge for me. And just understanding that you have a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. And if you want to tell it and you want to do it via podcast, via YouTube, via art, via book, then that's your prerogative. And that's what you want to do. And if that's what makes you happy and that's how you tell a story, tell it. The more you tell it, the more passionate you are about it, the more people are going to resonate with it. Because something that Matthew McConaughey says in the book is that A lot of his experiences feel extremely unique to him, but when he tells them to other people, people relate to those very unique, quote unquote, unique experiences because everybody has unique experiences. And so it actually brings you closer together. Be like, ah, you know what? I had something very similar happen to me or this, an experience made me feel this the same way. And so we're not all that different, us people, us humans. And coming to that realization was nothing short of life-changing, to say the least. So Antarctica being an event that changed my life, Greenlight's a book that changed my life. And then I have two mottos that changed my life. One of them is from when I was growing up. My dad always said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That one first took a while for me to understand fully show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Okay. So what does that mean? Being a naive kid, I was like, I don't, I I had no idea what it meant. And I got into this really tough spot in high school where I was hanging out with the wrong people. And I was like experimenting with weed for the first time. And it was super weird because I was, first of all, this girl that was wearing clothes that a middle-aged woman would wear and that I'm kind of glad that I did wear and buy because my mom was buying my wardrobe and it was all from J. Crew and Madewell and Banana Republic and Ann Taylor Loft, which what fucking 13, 14 year old kid wears those brands? Unsure, but apparently I did. Loki kind of glad I did because now I have an entire work wardrobe. So shout out to me for that. But outside of that, it's really kind of funny looking back on it. I was thinking of this story. I was a girl that was wearing J. Crew and was going and like smoking weed with some stoners at my school. Like imagine those two things together. It doesn't make sense. Funny to think about. Anyways. And so I was at a really bad point in my high school career and my brother Nico and I are very close. And obviously he started realizing what was going on because I was coming home late. I was looking fried when I showed up to my home And I remember it so vividly. We show up to our NHS induction, which is a national honor society, which obviously my J. Crew loving ass was on or was being inducted to rather. And the person inducting you is typically your older sibling or your best friend in the grade above you. And so Nico was inducting me into that national honor society and he was walking me up and he did not say a single word to me the entire night. And I knew something was up. And immediately when we get home, I go to my room and I start bawling my eyes out and he doesn't care. And so my dad comes into my room. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And Nico chirps something about me making bad decisions. And my dad goes, it's okay, Sarah. Everybody smokes pot. 
I will never forget him saying that. And then he goes, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I still was sitting there like, what the hell does this mean? And then I realized I was hanging out with these stoner kids, but being inducted into the National Honor Society. Who would I rather spend my time with now, 10 years down the road, right? It's actually six years, six years down the road. Who would I rather spend my time with? That's moreover what that motto is, is who you surround yourself with today is who you'll later become. And it has allowed me to find myself leaving friendships and relationships that aren't serving me. I know that that sounds kind of brutal, but at the same time, I'm not willing to spend time with people that aren't going to make me the best version of myself and vice versa. There's no point in that. There's no point in me selfishly hanging out with somebody that's not going to give me something that I enjoy. And that's not to say that's everybody. Like I don't need to surround myself with the world's greatest minds all the time, but it is nice to have your core group of people being your influence in life, being your role models and not necessarily role models, but people that you look up to and people that you aspire to be and people that you want to be like surrounding yourself with, with people that have interests that you actually enjoy specifically for me right now, trying to find friends that I meet outside of a bar because that's typically how I've made all of my friends and how I've had all my past relationships is from people I meet in a bar. And clearly that's not been working very well for me because I'm single and that's all that I really need to say there. But um, I, I need to find people that I actually have common interests with and that I look up to and respect, not look up to. I feel like I keep saying look up to and admire, but it's mostly just people that you want to be like and that they have a quality that you aspire to be or that you really like or that you really value. That's really what show me your friends, I'll show you your future is. And that to me at least, hang out with people that you want to become and that you 10 years down the road are going to be proud that you did and proud of yourself for becoming. Another motto that I recently learned is do work for yourself before you do work for others. That's in term of work, but it's so true. Wake up before you do your job and do something for yourself before you do something for somebody else. Wake up and journal before you go to work. Wake up and make yourself breakfast before you go to work. Do something for yourself that shows yourself that you care and that you value your time before you spend all of your day and all of your time giving all of your attention, all of your energy to somebody else. Because the way that you live your days is how you spend your life. And that is not how I want to spend my life, giving all of my energy to somebody else. No, I've been more cognizant and trying to practice more, waking up and going to the gym or waking up and working out because I want to be doing work for myself before I do work for somebody else, just because that's how I want to live my life. And again, how you spend your days is how you spend your life. So less on that one, just because that's kind of newer to me, but that one really impacted me as well because it reframed how I structure a day and how I look at a day. I don't want to look back on my life and be like, wow, I spent all of my time at work. And I actually had a really interesting conversation with one of my coworkers about a board game. And I'm sure you've all probably heard of it, but it's the game of life. I always thought of it as that one little board game. I played it on my iPad or I think my iPod touch when I was younger. 
And she was telling me of a version that instead of just playing the game, the goal was you could pick whatever path you want. So if you wanted to pick the path of going and getting promoted 10 times at work and having the highest salary, you could do that. If you wanted to go into a path of raising a family and having kids and that whole thing, you could do that. If you wanted to do a combination of both, you could do that. But the goal of the game was to have the highest life points. And so it's kind of an existential thing of realizing that getting all these promotions at work isn't necessarily going to give you the most quote unquote life points in the game of life. It was just really interesting that you can devote all of your time and how it paralleled at actual life and having life points, but you're not going to gain life points and you're not going to feel better about yourself by giving all of your energy to somebody else. And so that's really how do work for yourself before you do work for others impacted me and really reframed my thought process on how I structure a day and how I structure my life and how I choose to focus my energy. My final thing that really impacted my life was the song No One by Alicia Keys. It's not because the lyrics are extremely amazing and it impacted my life because it was the first song that I remember us listening to in a car ride home from sporting practice. So I was on the cheer squad and Nico played football and my dad would drive us to and from practice and core memory driving home from practice with Nico and my dad in my dad's railroad truck singing on full volume, No One by Alicia Keys. It is just ingrained in me to absolutely love that song and belt it out every time I hear it. It's kind of been a litmus test of my relationships with people. So if I'm dating somebody and they ask me what my favorite song is and I say No One by Alicia Keys and they kind of like pay no mind to it and they don't say that it's a good song. It's kind of a little red flag for me and an indicator. And if you don't like it and you don't sing along to it, and I know that that's stupid indicator or red flag reason, but it is for me. And it's changed my life in that way, just because if you're not able to sing along to this amazing song, and this one's more over like a joke, but it has impacted my life because it's one of my first core memories. And it's one of the few songs that I can listen to. And there's a lot of positive feeling of vulnerability and emotion to it as opposed to a lot of other songs that I listen to during a breakup or during a sad moment in my life. And I guess that circles back to Matthew McConaughey's saying of finding your green lights, like no one by Alicia Keys is my green light in the music world. And it's the thing that makes me happy. And it's the thing that I turn on when I'm in a good mood and I want to be in an upbeat mood. And it's, it's just impacted my life in that capacity. Those are the key things that changed my life. I have yet to have a movie or a food item change my life or impact my life significantly. And I don't think that I probably ever will have a food item. I mean, cheese, but that's, it's changed everybody's life. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever have a food item that's going to change my life just because I'm not a big foodie. I'm sure all the foodies that listen to this podcast, Munchies by Mallory specifically. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think a food's going to change my life. Maybe a lack of food, potentially like 
removing refined sugar from my life, that would be a very impactful thing that I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve. I can quit drinking. I can never drink a drop of caffeine ever again. I can never have ketchup, mustard, salad dressing ever in my life and be completely fine. But if I can't have sugar, yeah, that's going to get messy. But yeah, so I guess that would be the absence of food and how the absence of food changed my life. That's some eat, pray, love type shit. And I guess this was kind of like an eat, pray, love type experience. Antarctica was my eat, pray, love experience. But yeah, so those are the things that changed my life and how I kind of got into storytelling. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time. 